Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chase and Health Podcast. Chris and I are back for another episode, and this week we have a special guest with us, Clarissa Gannon. We have met through um, some business mentors as well that we both share, and she has come into the show with a pretty interesting topic that both Chris and I are both wanting to learn more about ourselves as well. And I've never had any another type of guest talk about this topic before, so I'm really excited to bring her on. But we'll be talking about like vegan nutrition today. Um, so before we get into all of that, though, Clarissa, welcome to the show. And do you mind just kind of give us an introduction about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward to this, bringing some knowledge to your community. Um, I got into the fitness space, yeah, like about 17 years ago. Um, so it wasn't super early in life, but uh, as I've gone through this, there's been you know a lot of changes in my own personal life, um, in my own personal health, and throughout my my journey of I feel like you know being well throughout my whole life, uh, it's always gone back to. I feel the best when I don't consume animal products, which growing up, that was super hard because we grew up on a farm. And so everything was like there. Uh, And, but growing up and, you know, raising children and having different physical goals and dealing with different uh, health challenges, I just kept returning to the fact that my body felt so much better when I wasn't consuming animal products. And so going through the whole process of, you know, finding myself, finding my health, and then wanting to share this incredible finding with everyone else in the whole universe, uh, it really just became super apparent to me that the whole plant-based community doesn't have a whole lot of really knowledgeable, correct, accurate information. And I was like, okay, I'll fill that spot. And here we are. Awesome. Awesome. And you're also a physique competitor, correct? Yes. Yeah. I compete in MPC figure. Awesome. How long have you been doing that for? Since I stopped eating meat uh, this last time, uh, since 2016. Okay, cool. And I'm curious, like, how is that? Was that, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but like harder to do as a vegan competitor? Or is that something that like, like, what was the experience with that? Yeah, well, not having competed, you know, prior to when, because when I first came into the fitness space, I totally bought into the, you have to have protein and you have to get it from chicken and you have to get it from egg white, you know, lean proteins. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did, but I started feeling horrible. And so I played that game for a few years and then I was like, no, I am tired of not feeling good. So I, I eliminated those things from my diet and then I everyone, you know, was like, you have such a great physique. Why would you stop eating that? You're going to lose everything. And I said, no, I'm not just watch me. And so I didn't (laughs) tell anybody the first time I decided to compete. Um, I'd wanted to compete for a long time and had never done it eating a traditional diet. So when I first stepped on stage, it was you know, I don't have another experience to compare it to nutrition wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it hard? I don't feel that it was hard. Uh, as I don't, I don't feel that eating plant-based and getting sufficient protein is hard in the first place. It just mm-hmm. requires awareness, which is the missing piece for 99% of the people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so like, let's just kind of like start diving into more like the vegan talk here. And like, I want to start just kind of like start out like understanding of like what it is. And I, again, I want to kind of start with the basics because this is the first time we even brought it up on the podcast. So like kind of cool. just briefly like go over like what it is, what's involved with it. And like also what they're, what are the advantages for it? Right. Um, so I guess we should probably start with differentiating. So there's vegetarians mm-hmm. and then there are vegans. There's multiple kinds of vegetarians. Um, but if you are a vegetarian, it primarily means that you simply don't eat meat, but you still are, you still eat eggs and you still consume dairy. Uh, when you are vegan, you do not eat meat and you do not eat eggs and you do not eat dairy. Like anything that comes from an animal, you don't eat. In fact, in vegan communities, they will get in arguments because they consider honey an animal product and won't eat it. Um, so that that to me is a little extreme. <laughs> I mean, I don't use honey just because it's so sweet. Um, but that's that has nothing to do with, you know, it being an animal product. So there are different levels and there's different reasons why people decide to pursue a vegan way of eating. A lot of the people that we work with pursue it based on health. You know, they got labs back, their cholesterol's through the roof. They have high blood pressure. They're pre-diabetic. And they're like, you know, coming to this place because they want to feel better. Um, and then you have other people that decide that they want to eat, you know, eliminate all the animal products because of compassion for the animals. And there is not, as far as I'm concerned, there is not a wrong way to approach it. Everyone has their own reasons, just like everyone has their own reasons for doing absolutely anything in life. Um, And I don't think it falls on us to make a judgment on someone because of why they chose to do that. Um, We're all here and we all want, you know, what's best for our health and, and ultimately what's best overall. But so when you, you decide to eliminate all animal products, then you are eating um, what we call vegan. And with that, there's, you know, there's no lean proteins because all your protein sources have carbs or all your protein sources have fats too. There's nothing that is just 100% protein. Um, so that's where that awareness piece needs to come in because you really start needing to be aware and accountable for what you're eating and eat more for that overall balance. If you're wanting to, to have incredible health, if you're wanting to achieve physique goals. Yeah, and then I know there was a second part of your question, but I forgot. Much like what what advantages in which you you kind of like gone over a little a little bit of that, but just any other advantages that you would notice for a vegan diet? Yeah, so when you remove animal products, you remove all saturated fat from your diet, and saturated fat, as we know, working in the industry that we do, causes a ton of problems. Um, it saturated fat is ultimately what's responsible for high cholesterol. So if we remove that, we generally see, you know, a huge drop in cholesterol. Plus eating plant-based is high in fiber, much, much higher in fiber than a traditional uh, Western diet is going to be. So you combine no saturated fat with high fiber intake and cholesterol and triglycerides will usually plummet because you're not giving your body those things anymore. And you're actually feeding it what it needs to process out the, the triglycerides. Um, so if we're lowering cholesterol, it can help improve um, chronic condition or lifestyle conditions like heart disease. It can help in reversing type two diabetes. It can help with high blood pressure. Um, but mostly those three things re- related to cardiovascular health is really where we see a huge improvement. Okay. And, and speaking about protein, and obviously I'm glad you brought that up and I want to kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit as well, because that was one of the biggest questions. Like I'd mentioned before we um, hit record here, I'd ask our community a little bit if they had any questions about vegan and a lot of them brought up protein. They were like, you know, what are like the best protein sources? One person said that, you know, are there any alternatives besides like, you know, if they don't like 
beans and tofu? Um, mm-hmm. Like what other, like what are some of the best options that they could or they should be looking for to get their protein in? Right. Yeah. No, beans and tofu are the options we had back in 1980s when I was first eating vegetarian because I didn't want to eat our animals anymore. Um, but we've come a long <laughs> ways since then. So there's there's so many options. Sometimes when people come in, um, we do recommend some of the meat substitutes. They are have come a long ways. So they're more like what people are used to eating. So it can make the transition somewhat easier. But there, most of them are not like healthy things that we want to eat all the time. They have a lot of ingredients. They do have um, some additives and some preservatives. So again, becoming like a label reader and being aware of what you're putting in your body can be hugely helpful here. So those are some options. Um, As far as like what I personally eat, I love to make seitan. It's made from vital wheat gluten. Obviously, if you have a problem with wheat or you have celiac, you probably shouldn't eat it. You'll (laughs) have an issue. (laughs) Um, but that's a really good source of protein. Um, depending on whatever recipe you're using, you can end up with um, a serving set of piece of seitan that's anywhere between 17 and 35 grams of protein. It really just depends on you know which recipe you're using. So that's really handy. It has a lot of protein. It only has minimal carbs. And if as long as you're not putting oil in it, it's not having any fat in it. So that's, that's a really great source. Um, something else that I use a lot of is there's... Um, Uh, On Amazon, you can get, or I think Trader Joe's has it too, you can get pea protein crumbles and they're literally dehydrated pea protein. It looks like ground beef or something. You reconstitute it with water, but those are amazing because every cup of those is like 40 grams of protein. So that is a really good option. Um, There's always tofu. Uh, There is a couple new kinds of tofu, but it's not made from soy. There's one that's made from pumpkin seeds. That's amazing. It's a little bit higher Mm. in fat, but it's about 17 grams of protein per serving. And it is so good. And then there's another one made out of fava beans. And it's a similar, it's like 17 grams of protein, but there's no carbs and no fat in it. Gotcha. Those are good sources. Gotcha. Krista, do you have a question about something? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, because like we talk a lot about in our community about like living in kind of like a gray area and not being like, mm-hmm. you know, like that all or nothing, um, yes. you know, like 80%, right? So mm-hmm. I think like my question is, is, and this might be like not a very intelligent question, but like, is there, is there a gray area? Like what, what if like somebody's like, I feel, I don't feel the best when I'm eating animal source proteins, mm-hmm. but like if they want to have a piece of chicken breast um, once a week, right? Mm-hmm. Like is there, is there issues to that? Or is there, is there something like that in like the, the vegan nutrition where it allows for that? Um, for vegan nutrition? No. And like in, in a Facebook group, you'd get murdered for saying that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're crazy. But as far as like our clients go, yes, we have clients that do that. Um, but what is interesting is after you have not been eating animal products for a while, if you introduce one, you generally don't feel that great. Mm. Like either there is some kind of GI upset or there's some sort of inflammation. And and that kind of actually goes into another question that somebody had brought up inside of our community this morning about, and I'm just going to kind of like, I try to condense this a little bit because there are a lot of different questions floating around for this. But basically someone was asking about like, how does like being vegan affect the microbiome? And they're saying, you know, assuming that you lose a lot of good bacteria that you break down animal protein with, what else is there to consider? And how long would it take for your gut to, I guess like, for lack of better words, like convert to being used to that without having that microbiome. Um, and 
you know, can you eat primarily vegan, but consistently consume small portions of meat to keep up that activity? Um, yeah, I suppose you could, can, you know, still consume small portions. I think, honestly, when we look at balanced nutrition, uh, you're coming in and, and generally, you know, considering a standard meal plan, you're looking at four ounces of protein. What most people fail to realize is that that is generally four ounces of uncooked protein. So once you cook that down, it's a much smaller amount going into the body uh, than we generally typically will put into it because we're generally like, here is an eight ounce raw chicken breast. And there you go. Uh, but when you're eating vegan, the, the gut does go through a, a process of adaptation. Some of that's due to removing those things like meat and dairy and eggs for some people can be highly inflammatory. So we remove that for some people that is not, you know, it's not a source of inflammation, but for a lot of the clients that we work with, it is. So we re remove that inflammation and we by just removing that, you can start to see an improvement in some systemic um, systemic places like in a reduction of joint pain or brain fog gets better for a lot of our people, um, the perimenopause symptoms get better. So when we're introducing the, the new things, um, which is really not new, but it's just including more fruits, more vegetables, more grains, more beans, we want to do that in a slow manner. Like we don't ever want to go from zero to 60 because that in itself is going to cause stress on the microbiome and, you know, lead people to not want to continue that because they don't feel well again, just from increasing such a, a wide variety of foods and also increasing fiber so quickly. Gotcha. Yeah, that's definitely something. And, I, and I, this is something I'm still even learning a lot about. I know Chris, when I joined with uh, Chris, you know, they do a lot of like elimination style plans and diets mm -hmm. with their clients and such like that. And so and I know that's something that we talk a lot about is like, once you eliminate a lot of that food, you do have to take a really slow approach to getting it back. One to like, again, like you said, so you're not just like hitting your gut with all this at once, but like mm -hmm. two also to like really see like, where are you having reactions and, and whatnot? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Based off like your protein, um, like, so what ratio do you use? Like we, we typically have our clients like, you know, um, body weight times 0.7 grams of, you know grams mm -hmm. of protein, like, do you guys go a little bit lower? Like, what is your typical protein ratio there for your clients? Yeah, no, we usually hang around um, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. Um, okay. If someone comes in, though, and they're severely under eating, which happens a lot eating plant based, just because plants don't have a lot of calories, um, then we we don't do that. And what we'll do is we'll shift and we'll do 25% of total calorie intake come from protein. Okay. Okay. And actually, that brings up actually a very good question. This is something that I've actually been working through with one of my clients that just recently mm -hmm. went down the elimination um, style plan. And she's having an issue, like you said, like when you're eating a lot of plant-based foods, like getting enough calories in. Like, mm -hmm. like she's like, I am eating, like she told me, she messaged me, she messaged me yesterday. She's like, all right, I got 1200 calories in and I am stuffed to the gills. She mm -hmm. was, so like, how do you like help them get their calories up without, you know, including all the other things, you know, outside of like normal, like you know, what we, what we would consider like an elimination style diet. Right. God, that, that can be super tricky because it depends on what you've had to eliminate. Like we do the elimination diet with our clients, but we do it through a test. So we know which foods to take out. But even with that, it's still, you know, if you've eliminated you know, a lot of beans, if you've eliminated soy, if you've eliminated wheat, then it is harder to get calories up just because the foods that are left are so low in calorie and so high in fiber. Um, 
it becomes easier as you're able to increase their calories a little bit. They can start including some of the more dense foods. But when someone is at 1200 calories and they're, they're struggling with being full, then we want to look at, well, you know, is there any kind of nut that you can have just because that's going to be the fastest way to bring up calories just because it, nuts have the most calories mm. per, you know, per uh, gram versus a vegetable or a grain even. Um, and that'll help fiber wise too, because even though nuts have fiber, it's not like you're eating you know, all the broccoli and, and all the cauliflower and all the potatoes that have a lot of fiber in it, even though the nuts do have some, it's less impact because it's higher calories per gram. So one thing I found was that do when I constructed this elimination plan, mm -hmm. there is like 400 different elimination style plans out there. Like oh, one, yeah. one says like, oh, you can eat this. And then the other one says, no, you can't eat that on an elimination plan. And I'm like, I just put together what I thought made sense. And then you get like 40 questions from clients like, well, what about <laughs> this? Or what about this? And I'm like, okay, just eat that. You know, like, you know, um, there's so many different style plans out there for elimination. Yeah, yeah there really is. <laughs> in, in terms of gaining muscle this is another question that was brought up this morning and i'm curious about this as well like and obviously like i feel like you've already kind of painted the picture of like you can get your protein in as long as you have the awareness mm -hmm. but a lot of people are worried about you know is is it harder to gain muscle on a vegan based diet i don't think so i mean yeah if you're okay so if you are eating a minimal amount like most women love to eat like 1400 calories 1600 calories and you're going to group classes five days a week yeah you're not going to build any muscle i don't care what you're eating you're just not going to because it's not enough food and there's no recovery so if you are eating you know appropriately what your maintenance intake is or slightly above it there's no issues with building muscle perfect and it's this kind of like a, and, and you've, you've, I think you've kind of already addressed a little bit of this. And I'm sorry if I'm kind of like making you repeat this a little bit as well. But there was a couple people in our community that were saying that, you know, they, they just, they're not a huge fan of eating meat. And like, mm -hmm. is that a reason like alone to go more towards like a vegan based diet? Or is this kind of like when you would have that kind of that gray area that Chris was talking about mm -hmm. earlier? Like, is that like a reason that you see a lot of people go to this? Um, yeah. No, I think that some people do just, uh, there's always preferential eating styles, right? So I think some people do gravitate to it more because of that. But if you're just eliminating the meat, it would be more like, you know, a vegetarian lifestyle True. where you're still having the the eggs and you're still having the dairy. Some vegetarians, like as far as vegetarians go, there's like the vegetarians that have the eggs and the dairy. Then there's some vegetarians that will have eggs and dairy and fish um, then it's, it's kind of crazy. And I, I hate all the labels and, and the games and why do we have to identify like this? Uh, but, you know, I think people, they look for, you know, something that is, is in alignment with them if they're looking for something sustainable. But I think there's still too, a lot of people that just look for something because they think it's the new thing. It's going to be the thing that fixes all the things instead of just applying consistency to what they're currently doing. I love you brought that up because I feel like that's definitely something that, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, not just, not just our clients, but I think a lot of people, like you said, like mm -hmm. really get you know attracted to these like little things here and there, these shiny objects. And I think just kind of like also going down that same path a little bit as well. I'd be curious, are there any downsides to a vegan based diet? 
yeah, if you just go about it and eat fruits and vegetables, um, you're going to get, <laughs> you'll probably get really sick. Your cortisol will probably go really up and uh, you'll probably lose a whole bunch of weight, but, and develop some nutrient deficiencies. Yeah. So like that lack of awareness piece is huge. And, and I do think honestly, any type of nutrition is, it's not hard, but it's more complicated than people realize than they, than they understand. Like you must have a balance between your nutrients and you must make sure you're getting in variety, not just for your gut health, but so that you don't develop a nutrient deficiency. And, and that applies to any style of eating. Is there any type of like supplementation or anything like that you encourage people that are on vegan based diets? Um, well, not, not any more so than I was encouraging when people weren't having vegan diets, but, um, <laughs> no, we generally encourage vitamin D, uh, vitamin D. It really can't be found in any plant-based food. Mushrooms have vitamin D too, but you'd have to eat an astronomical amount of them to get what you need. Um, and then, uh, B12, because that's just in meat, but mm -hmm. you can get B12 from nutritional yeast. Some people use that. Some people use a supplement, but those are really the only two, uh, that we like blanket recommend. Okay. And what about someone asked about, you know, we, we look at like organic foods, right? And mm -hmm. like somebody had asked about, is organic really necessary now that plants are the main source of nutrition? Like, do you really focus uh, on having organic-based foods? Well, I do. Again, that's personal preference. Okay. And it's not that organic is going to have more nutrients. It's just organic is supposed to have less chemicals. Like it has less spray on it for insects. There's less pesticides used during crops. And it's so again, that's just really personal preference. Okay. And one other thing that brought up and I, and I honestly have not heard of this. So I really am curious and I'm just kind of reading okay. this based off of what they told me. Um, and I told them I would ask them uh, or ask you, somebody asked about what about overdoing certain plant sources? So they said for spinach, for example, can that affect the gut health and they said success rate? And in terms of like they've said, someone said they've heard in the past that eating large amounts of one type of green is bad for you. Is that true? Do we mm -hmm. need to switch that up weekly? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is horrible for you. I don't care, you know, what type of diet you're following. If you're consistently eating the same thing over and over and over again, um, your body does over time become resistant to it. So you start to develop food intolerance to that specific food because your microbiome isn't getting the diversity that it needs to feed and colonate the bacteria that you need in your gut to, you know, for overall health. Gotcha. I was going to ask you what, what was probably like biggest uh, just sign of adversity that you faced when you made this transition from, I mean, it sounded to me like you were vegetarian for a period of time and then you went mm -hmm. vegan, but like, even like before going vegetarian, like talk me through that process of like, and what adversities, because I think it's mm -hmm. important for context wise, as far as like somebody that's interested in like maybe trying this, like what adversities could they face? Right. Um, you really, mostly from the people that you care about, um, from your family. So when I was vegetarian, when I was in high school and throughout my pregnancies, it was always my family that was like, you have to eat this, you have to eat this, you have to eat that. And that really just like fueled my eating disorder that I had at that time. So that was, that was awesome. But, um, as you know, I moved into adulthood and got a handle on things and didn't let their their opinion of what I needed to do be such a factor in my decisions, that part became easier. And then once I started exercising and, you know, 
moved to back to eating vegetarian and then eventually vegan, it, it was not, it was not so much my family because, well, because we'd already worked through that, but it was my close friends in the gym. They were very concerned. Like you're going to get sick. You're going to lose your muscle. You're going to not be able to work out. You'll lose your energy. You'll get anemic. Um, and I was just like, you know, having overcome that that piece with my family, I was able to say, no, I'm not. I've been studying nutrition for four years. I think I'm good, you know? Yeah. Are, are there any other like common myths or things like that that you feel like that are out there with like the, you know, the people who have, have no clue about vegan mm-hmm. diet and vegan eating? Are there any myths out there that, you, you know, you feel like that you want to like share with the listeners and kind of like debunk those? Right. Yeah, the protein one, I mean, that's still huge. Um, and, and then that that comes down to to the complete protein. Like there's still so many people that believe that we have to have complete protein at every single meal. And no, we don't. Our body is really smart and really adaptable. And if we're eating variety, we're going to be able to give our body what it needs to create that combined amino acid to form a complete protein inside of our systems. Um, so that is still one that's out there. The anemia one is huge. The anemia one is a risk again, if we're not aware. And what I see the most of is that yes, most plant-based people get in a ton of iron, but they are not taking in enough vitamin C. So there can be a conversion issue there with plant-based iron. Um, it is non-heme iron. So we do need a higher amount of it versus heme iron that comes from meat, but if we're getting in a sufficient amount of iron, even if it's from plant-based sources, as long as we have vitamin C to help conversion and absorption, it will it will do what it needs to do in our body. Um, those are like the biggest ones. And and those two, honestly, if people aren't consuming properly and aren't being aware, they they do still cause problems. So they can be true, but they, they are also, you know, they've been proven to be untrue. But I think a lot of it goes to being aware again. Mm-hmm. And then the whole soy thing, that's that's always fun. <laughs> You've been talking about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So people, um, there were studies done, I want to say back in the 60s, um, that soy increases estrogen in women. But the study was done, you know, a long time ago and has since been proven, been proven untrue. But the thing about soy works, it can work in a similar manner as estrogen in the body. But what they don't ever tell you when people are bringing this up is, oh, you can't consume soy, you're going to give yourself hormone imbalance, is that you would have to be consuming like eight servings of soy a day in order for the soy to have any kind of estrogen-like effect in the body. So no, that's that's also not true. Gotcha. Somebody else had asked about, is there, have, have you noticed or have you talked to any like clients that have noticed a difference in like the cost? like weekly, like in comparison to eating like a meat, having a meat-based diet versus going like vegan. Is there any differences there that you've noticed or anybody else has noticed? Right. Um, I don't, I don't know. I know that um, food just keeps going up every year. But <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter what you're eating. Um, I think that our clients, because we, we do focus, you know, on, on whole foods, it can be a little bit cheaper, but also we're focusing on protein. So if you're factoring in the cost of like, you know, a good protein powder, then you have that to consider too. And then if you bring in the supplement, like the D and the B12, then there's that cost. So I think it's honestly probably comparable. Okay. 
And actually, you mentioned the protein powders. That actually brings up a really great question because this has actually come up in our community a couple of times in the past as well. And I know I personally, you know, if I, I very rarely use protein powder, but if I do it, it's usually yeah. a whey protein. So I okay. can't really speak to that. But yeah. what are some like, do you have any preferences or ones that you have talked to your clients that they really love? Because I've had mm-hmm. a couple of clients in the past say they can't have the whey protein, so yeah. they would prefer to have the others. But I also have talked to many that say they've tried some of the plant-based ones and just did not like them at oh, all. Yeah, some of them are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like they smell bad or they don't mix well or yeah. they're gritty. Um, yeah. So plant protein in and of itself is interesting because unlike whey, it's thick. Like it requires a higher volume of water. Like um, when I was still consuming eggs and dairy, I would put the whey protein in my oatmeal, right? And just mix it up. Well, I did that the first time with my plant-based protein powder and I had concrete. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> um, so it's it's a bit thicker, uh, which, which can be hard for people. Uh, but again, it's kind of, it really boils down to preference and then to also looking at food intolerances. Uh, so I have a couple favorites. We actually, uh, our, our business makes one and it's just uh, chocolate pea protein that makes it pretty easy. It's it's fairly decent macros. And then um, I also love the Sun Warrior protein. They have a blend that's hemp and pea, and it comes in more flavors than chocolate. But I've used that one forever. It's just not quite as high in protein. But both of those mix really nice, and they're not gritty. They are both thick, though. Okay. I, I'll have you actually, if you don't mind, I'd love to actually mm-hmm. even plug that down in the show notes as well for those listening. Cause I know that's something that okay. I, I've had a lot of people come to me and ask, you know, about this other types. And like you said, like mm-hmm. there's some that are not good and they come to me and they're like, I've tried this, yeah. can't do it. What else is out there? And I genuinely am like, I don't know, let's ask other people. Cause I, I can't yeah. ask, I can't answer for that. Right. So definitely had, would love uh, to plug that. I had a client yesterday actually asked me, She's like, I know this might be impossible, but do you know of a protein that does not have whey or pea protein or mm. in it? And I'm like, I looked and looked and looked and I could not find some. Um, so go to truenutrition.com mm-hmm. and she can make one that's just rice or soy. Really? Yeah. That was true nutrition? Uh-huh. Okay. Thank yeah. you. You can you can make up your own blend and flavor it with whatever and put supplements in it if you like. Okay, cool. We'll have to check that out. Thank you. Um, yeah. What about, and I know these are some of these kind of like random questions that are the little things we've gotten questions about, but um, somebody asked about like best plant-based milks. Um, yeah, so some of those are gross too. Um, it's <laughs> and what you're like, what are you doing with the milk? Um, like when I'm in prep, I'll use almond milk because it's 30 calories. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to shave calories wherever I can. But if, if I'm not, then I really like, um, there's silk. They do a soy milk. That's pretty high in protein. I can't remember right now. That's good. They also do a coconut, no, cashew and almond blend that has 10 grams of protein. I like that one. And then there's the good karma flax milk has like eight or 10 grams of protein too. And I like both of those. Um, if you're cooking, and, and any of those will bake fine too. Like all mm-hmm. of those will bake things just fine. If you are making something that needs a, like a sauce made out of milk or a cream, you can use, oh, there, 
It's called Next Milk. It tastes just like milk. It kind of weirds me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> that, that one's pretty good. But then there's also Country Crock makes a plant-based cream. And I've actually made Alfredo sauce with that. And it's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Another random question just kind of popped in my head that that I'm curious yeah. about. So we've talked a little bit about you do, you never want to like reintroduce foods super quick. Is there right. any importance of how quickly you would eliminate things? Like let's say like somebody's listening to this and like, you know what? I'm going to give that a shot. Like what are yeah. like the first like are there steps to like going into like a vegan based diet? Right. Um, I think, I honestly think there should be. A lot of people would argue against that, but I think that it, you know, you're nutrition coaches. So, you know, if we do things in small steps, it's much more likely to stick. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if you take out one thing and something that people can start with, that's super simple is there's, you know, the whole meatless Monday thing. So just taking that out and trying a plant-based dish once a week, see if you like that, you know, experiment with new recipes. If you like it, add another meal that doesn't have meat in it and just see how things, things go. Um, if you are following like a elimination diet protocol and you're reintroducing foods and you put back in eggs or you put back in dairy um, and those things still aren't good, then maybe you might want to consider not putting those things back in. Okay. One thing you, you mentioned recipes a second ago, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and that's something where like, if somebody asked about this, then I wasn't sure like how exactly you could like really explain this on a podcast, but I'm just going to kind of shoot for it and we'll see what happens here. Um, <laughs> but are, are there any like, recipes that you love and not, not that I'm not asking for like the mm -hmm. exact like details and everything like that but like are there your some like what are like your three four five go-to recipes that you love cooking with vegan yeah um I love falafel um but it comes like in a mix I don't make it from like from scratch or anything you just get a mm -hmm. box of the dried ingredients mix some water and then you cook it um but I I love that and then I also, I make seitan a lot. Uh, there's a lot of different kinds. I think my favorite is probably um, online. There's a, a website called 86 Eats and they have a turkey roast recipe and it is amazing. Like I will put it in, you can make it into lunch meat. You can cut it into like little steaks. You can just eat it um, warm or cold. I'm you know, I compete. I eat half my food cold. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, no. So that's another favorite. And then I do roasted vegetables a lot, whether it's broccoli or cauliflower or potatoes. Um, beets are super good roasted. Carrots mm -hmm. are really good roasted. Um, those are some of my favorite things. And then I do, I really love protein oatmeal and you can kind of make that seasonal, you know, like, um, to incorporate any kind of fruits that are seasoned, like make them more with berries in the summer or peach one is really good. If you get vanilla protein powder, um, there's, you can make one with pumpkin and pumpkin seeds. That's also really good. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Chris, any other questions that you have from, I think, I feel like we've covered a lot here, uh, but I definitely, we got all the questions that our listeners have, have or excuse me, our community to ask. And I feel like that kind of answered a lot of questions that I had. Anything else from you, Chris? No, I feel like I was like rapid fire. I feel like she needs a break from all the questions. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, I guess like I'll just kind of open it up a little bit. Is, is there anything that you feel like we haven't touched on in terms of like vegan nutrition that you feel like the listeners should know about? Right. No, I think you've asked a lot of really good questions. I think like uh, something that people look over a lot is, 
is the gut health aspect of it. Um, and that kind of goes back to, you know, seeing people recommend that they just cut everything out and, and transition over immediately to eating completely plant-based. And then you see them a couple of weeks later and they feel horrible. And it's just, it was too much stress on the microbiome right away. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Can I ask what test you're using for your clients? Uh, oh, for the gut? Yeah, we, we use biome. Oh, that's what perfect. we use. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Good I deal. love that. It makes that elimination diet so easy. It's probably the most accurate that I've seen. Um, I've had a few use the Everly well and wasn't okay. too impressed uh, with no. it, to be honest. Um, so that's good to hear. I thought I'm I'm super impressed with the Viome. I feel like it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty close. Yeah, no, I love it, and I I love too that it's telling you you know what foods that you want to eat to support your gut health, and that way at the end of like three months that they can start maybe introducing those inflammatory foods again. Yeah. One at a time, really slowly. <laughs> I've yes. always used those tests as just knowledge. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. we're, we're using what the, the results are, but ultimately mm-hmm. we're going to listen to the way your body's responding because that's the real test. So, yes, it, it so is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Clarissa, thank you so much for coming on today's show. This has been yeah. very informative and just, I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure Chris has oh, learned good. a lot as well. And, um, you know, definitely for our listeners as well. So, again, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Absolutely. Um, would your community benefit uh, with by recipe book? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I have a short one I can send over to you. Sure. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. And I can, I can put that in the show notes as well for anyone that's listening too. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I'll send it over. Perfect. And where else can everyone connect with you? Um, on all social media. So on Facebook, uh, it's my name, Clarissa Gannon. All the other platforms are the business name Vegan Fit for Life, or we have the website Vegan Fit for Life. Perfect. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well. Again, Clarissa, thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It was fun. Awesome. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.